welcome back, Seahawks fans, to another new episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the buzz to my Woody. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, doing really well. Yeah, to infinity and beyond, my friend. And our very own slinky dog. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing? Man, uh, <laughs> on my back, I'm played by uh, Ernest. Uh, Ernest goes to Toy Story. <laughs> hey, at least I didn't make the new character of Spork with eyes glued on and pipe cleaners. So thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I had to give you like a main character. I couldn't, and I didn't want to give you one that was like you know emasculating. Like I couldn't didn't want to call you like our very own Bo Peep. You know, it's like that's not fair. Yeah, yeah I will I say I that. can't wait to fall through this podcast with style. Yeah, it's uh, I just snake in my boots. Okay, somebody uh, poison the watering <laughs> hole. So. Our um, our day today is filled with just stunning Seahawks news. Guys, the Seahawks were busy this week. They finished up minicamp. And I'm going to tell you guys something. I watch those minicamp recap videos, those like two-minute ones. I watch them like they're the freaking Zapruder Dude, film. I'm like, amped. I'm like trying to – but I'm just trying to figure out like I'm like, okay – uh, and and then um, okay, and he runs a route, and oh, okay, looks looks pretty good. Looks who's thirty oh, one? He's a white guy. He made a really nice catch. Then I realized, like, oh, this video is like four minutes long. Mm-hmm. Like, and it doesn't include hardly anything. This is worthless. I'm totally wasting my time. I'm just an addict for football. It, it includes players joking around and laughing. Yeah, there's yeah. a ton of like filler in this four minute video. Yeah, it's actually less. There, Pete like, clapping. So um, all right, here we go. Michael Kendricks. Wait, did anyone uh, listen to uh? Schottenheimer mic'd up. Dude's no. amped. Oh, man. He's Dude's so amped. It's too, too much. Intense. <laughs> so, okay. Michael Kendricks is uh, ready to go. Pete Carroll, on his last day of mini- uh, minicamp, gave a press conference. And I think the biggest piece of news that came out of it was that he said, Kendricks is ready to go. He uh, will be able to play this. this pr- pro- he's expected to be able to play almost this whole season. And, uh, yeah, he's good to go. Uh, also, Will Disley. They're saying they have no reason to yeah, no. think there'll be an issue. He should be back and healthy in time. Uh, the health updates in general were very positive. Those are both, like what second or third week for Disley. Those are both like they're saying like start of the season deadlocks to make the roster. Uh, Jaron didn't do much, but he actually got onto the field at the end, which was nice to see um, him. You know, because he he had his off season surgery. Brad had an off season surgery. Yeah, torn patellar tendon in week eight against Detroit. Which also corresponds to a lot of his production drop. Yeah. So some of it's not having Earl next to him, but you know, partial tear of a, of a tendon in your knee. It's also bad. It's interesting because like we we you know chalk most of it up to like, hey, it's got to be hard to be out there without Earl Thomas all the time. And knowing that he had an injury now, maybe he might be a little. You know, we all we're Brad stands. This is the official Brad McDougal fan club in That's this it. room. But. Uh, you know, we were like, hey, maybe it was really hard for him out there with Earl and Tedrick out there instead. Maybe he just was playing hurt and trying to, you know, do one, do one for the team. And this year he will expect, like, a full recovery. Um, that's basically it for my Seahawks news. Kevin, did you, did you find anything else? I got a couple. One is uh, CJ Procise tweaked his hamstring because his joints and muscles are made of Twizzlers. Uh, yeah, his bones are graham crackers and uh, his joints are uh, silly string. Uh, they're and old Twizzlers. Red vines, everyone. Come on. No, red vines are way stronger. Yeah, it's... You have to genuinely bite a red vine. Twizzlers? And red ropes are actually physically solid. Okay, Twizzlers, I, that's not true. I have a question for you. Let's get on a phone tangent here. If if you were looking at... If you were on a desert island and you were about to die, 
and all you could eat was Twizzlers. Do you think you would live that long? Or do like would you just keep eating Twizzlers or eventually would you just be like, it's not worth it to be alive anymore? I mean, I would definitely keep eating Twizzlers, but considering they have zero nutritional value, I'd still just die. See, I would stop eating Twizzlers. Twizzlers taste to me like if you took a grocery bag from the store, you twisted it up, and then you poured cough syrup over it in a like a bowl and you let it kind of set. And then you pulled that plastic bag back out and said, hey, this is candy now. I I mean, you you can't convince me that that's candy. I'm wondering if after like two weeks on this island and you're facing death, if you don't have a Twizzler and you're just like, I never realized these had so much flavor. Oh, like, like, like it might have an effect, like where Twizzlers taste good. Yeah, you're like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. I've been wrong this whole time. Exactly. Hmm. All right. Uh, last story: Keenan Reynolds is aiming to break out as opposed to getting cut. Yeah, it's like that. That stories I hate like these that stories. are so stupid. It's right there with the best shape of his life. There is an interesting wide receiver story though that I think we should talk about, and that's JB uh, Jaron Brown. There's been consistent stories out of camp that have kind of made it seem like one, the staff and Russ agree he was misused last year, maybe a little miscast, and should have been a much bigger part of the offense. So I. And then two that he's clearly entrenched himself as the number two receiver behind Lockett. Do you got what do you guys think about Jaron Brown just as his a potential uh, guy in this offense? And does the, is this a bad thing for David Moore? Actually, the other person getting hyped up a lot is David Moore. They're saying that he's been able too. to play all the different wide receiver spots. Um, he has a much better grasp of the offense. They're both interesting because they're both still relatively early career guys that are kind of height-weight speed dudes. And so you could see either of them really putting it together in an interesting way. Personally, I love it because if either of them has a decent season, we're going to get a really good draft pick when they leave. I mean, JB is 29. so Yeah, he's a little old to be breaking out, but yes. I think it'd be weird if he broke out, but JB has had the potential his whole career that since he was in Clemson when he got drafted, uh, picked up as a UDFA by Arizona, and as he developed, I think there's always been like a like a little bit of, hey, this guy could be a dude, right? It's always right. followed him around his whole career. He and was he's saddled almost with a lot of, had a really good season in Arizona. A couple he times. was saddled with a lot of trash quarterback play in Arizona. Yeah, and maybe this is it. Maybe he finally has found. He got a playbook. It took him a year to learn it, and now he's ready to and to he, really finally have a career year. He wasn't used well, but also Jaron Brown entrenched as the number two. This sounds like it could just be a best shape of his career story. Because at this point, you really don't know. It's wishful thinking, and I will believe it when I see it. It tells me of a really competitive wide receiver room, which is kind of what we knew was going to happen. And I think it is a good thing. Like There are legitimately eight guys, I think, that have a very good shot to make it onto the final roster. And could be uh, functional NFL players. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, David Moore, Jaron Brown, Amara Darbo, Gary Jennings, Keenan Reynolds, and John Ursua are all in a dogfight to get probably six roster spots. Two of those guys are getting cut. Yep. And it definitely Amara that, Darbo. And that's why I'm saying Darbo apparently has really figured it out. And there's been a there's a rumor that I've heard now several times from different Seahawks guys that when they cut Darbo, they were hoping to sneak him onto the practice squad. That they weren't trying to get rid of him. Their end goal was to get him onto the practice squad. And they were ecstatic when he failed the physical and they got sent and got sent back. So let me ask you So I mean why why did it take so long for him to to become this decent player, this promising player. And that's and that's why did he fail his why did he fail his physical? First of all, wide receiver transitions from college to NFL, that's a massively underrated jump. Uh, a lot of wide receivers can't make the jump or ones that do take until like their third or fourth season. 
a lot of people think it's like a running back where you come in and you just kind of hit the ground running, for lack of a better way of saying it. So I rewatched Amara Darbo college stuff to like try to figure out like what did the Seahawks see in this guy? What did why did they spend a third round draft pick on him? I have worked on scouting positions other than quarterback in the last year, just studying how to scout those positions. And I'm going to tell you a couple things I see in Amara Darbo's tape that I think are really promising. Um, he's really good at double moves. He sets up the cornerback in a really good way in his college tape and then makes a second move in a way that I find found really satisfying. And he fights, he will fight the defender at every point in the route uh, to get to the ball, to defeat the defender and beat the ball. He's a very physical wide receiver. Yeah, he's a good deep middle guy because uh, of that. And I and I do think there is, po- I see what they saw. They saw potential there. Now, maybe it just took him a while. Maybe the physicality step up from college to the NFL when one of his great skills is being physical and you come to the NFL, well, guess what? Everyone's a lot more physical. And it was Big Ten football, but guess what? NFL's another level significantly above that. So that might be part of it. That may be part of what. Also, Michigan, when he was there, you know, not a prolific throwing offense. Um, more of a running offense. So all this things combined to he comes to the NFL and, and struggles. But that doesn't mean he can't never figure it out. And the four four eight speed, the strength that got him picked in the third round, all those things still exist. They're still there. And so I'm not su- I'm not surprised that I hear these rumors that he would this team was trying to sneak him onto the practice squad and hoping to develop him a little bit and maybe maybe he just needs to work on his strength maybe he just needed more time in the weight room yeah, maybe we end up dealing a couple of these like maybe a couple of them show up in the preseason and we can deal them for some depth at corner or something like I could see eight people emerging as functioning NFL receivers. And we can make some of those backer roster deals to fill out yeah. some other spots. Keenan Reynolds for a sixth rounder is something I could totally see. At the end of camp, Keenan has had a great preseason in the slot, but the team has decided, you know what? You know, we want Gary Jennings and John Ursua and Tyler Lockett to be our slot guys this season, and we don't have room for Keenan. So we trade Keenan to New England for a sixth rounder. We trade Keenan to the Browns for a sixth rounder. This is a perfectly reasonable scenario. Mar Darbo, same thing. Mar Darbo, maybe he has a great preseason. We trade him for a seventh rounder. Those are the kind of things you do to fill up the back end of your draft, give you flexibility to trade up in the late rounds and get the guys you want. And and then, you know, that, but that's what you got to do. You develop the talent, even if it's not going to end up making your final roster because you can extract value from that. Right. Um, all right. Anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we hit the Seahawks against the AFC South? Yeah, I got some NFL news. Ooh, a couple NFL stories, Kevin? Let's yeah, hear it. I got a big mm. one. It's, uh, it's Nathan's favorite story. Uh, actually, the onion jumped me on this one. Because I thought of it as soon as I saw it. Josh McCown will retire after signing a one-day deal with the Cardinals, Lions, Raiders, Dolphins, Panthers, 49ers, Bears, Buccaneers, Browns, and Jets. Exactly. It's nice. Uh, as soon as I saw that Josh McCown was retiring, I was like, oh, I could totally troll Nathan with this. And the onion scooped me. I was really <laughs> sad. Um, so, by the way, I kind of Josh, Josh McCown is the kind of guy who would do a tour of one-day deals just to say that he did, and I wish he had, just to show how ridiculous the whole practice is. I think I think that'd be the one time Nathan was in favor of it. Okay, if he I, just signed a one day, one day deal with each of those teams. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay, <laughs> um, I got another. I got an NFL story, Kevin. Jet, wide receiver Jets coach Jets wide receiver coach Sean Jefferson <laughs> about Sam Darnold. Excuse my French when I say this, so good. but he's a fucking dude. He's a fucking dude with a fucking arm. And he's accurate as shit. Let me let me break this statement down in a couple different ways, okay? One, he's a dude. We already know. Two, he has an arm. Got that. Thank you. I understand Sam he's Darnold got two arms, has actually. an arm. Three, 
He's accurate as shit. Well, I don't know what happens when you go to the bathroom, but my shits are always did perfectly he, accurate as well. Did he end the sentence with bruh? It, I don't know, man. The, the, the whole Sam Darnold hype train thing is driving me crazy. <laughs> Dude, it's like, he, he's this year's Jimmy G. When I scouted Sam Darnold, I thought potential to be a pretty good quarterback. He did not show me much in year one that made me think he was like going to make it. Like He showed me that he could be like a league average quarterback or maybe Andy <laughs> Dalton plus. I'm not. I'm not crazy about Darnold as like yeah, but future of the NFL. Guy. That's that was before they got Adam Gase. I also would like to take Offensive this opportunity to point out when we say Andy Dalton plus on this podcast, we're talking about someone in a much kinder fashion oh, than like, the rest of NFL media seems to think when they say Andy Dalton. We plus. like Andy Dalton. Andy, Andy Dal- Dalton is the new Alex Smith in that he represents the bar of quarterbacks you can make the playoffs and win with if you make a good team. Right. If, if you put Andy Dalton. What's what's the best team on the league other than their quarterback? Like, like what's the best rest of your roster? Yeah, let's just put him on Minnesota. Tennessee. I think yeah, Andy Dalton. Tennessee. On, wait, let's put him on Minnesota. I think sure. Andy Dalton on Minnesota would be Ooh, more successful than Kirk, line. can Kirk Cousins on Minnesota. That offensive line is not good. It's not Andy good, Dalton. but Kirk Cousins is like kind Andy of Dalton needs an O line. If you put Andy, I feel Dalton, like a year ago you were this way on Kirk Cousins. How about this? If you put Andy <laughs> Dalton on the Rams, you would see almost no difference. I agree with that. Um. All right. Anyway, uh, yeah. The, basically, there's a Reddit called the Darnold that you can go to. It's um, oh, no. it's all just like guys. That, when you go to the Reddit, a picture pops up and it says, uh, "Click here to bend the knee," and it's a picture of Josh Rosen. Um, it's just, it's so stupid. Um, and I don't know. It's he's he's a living meme. Sam Darnold's already reached full on meme status, and I don't know what to do about it. All right. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, the AFC South. Okay, the AFC South is uh, is a division in the NFL that I do not think very highly of, and we'll get into it. All right, Texans. The Texans, they added Deshaun Gibson Sr., Bradley Roby, Brian Bodie Calhoun. They lost the Honey Badger, Kareem Jackson, Demarius Thomas. They drafted Titus Howard, Max Sharping, Lonnie Johnson Jr., and Kahel Waring. Seahawks connection been the Seahawks and the Texans. Of course, the Seahawks have... Dwayne Brown and the Texans should have Jeremy Lane. All right, um, <laughs> they had their chances. All right, the Tex, the Tex, the Texans. I was not ready for that. Uh, I say I snuck it by you. I didn't. That I didn't do good. it in the show prep. So. That was good. Okay, I had mentally blocked that out because we were supposed to have an extra draft pick. Damn it. Um, so the Texans last year, they they went a hearty. They made the playoffs. Okay. My internet's being slow right now, so I'm like they went eleven and five. Eleven and five, won the division, made the playoffs. All right, and their quarterback wasn't allowed to fly for the first several weeks of the season because his offensive line was so bad that they nearly killed him. Let me let me talk Texans. Good good job throwing two draft picks at your offensive line this offseason. But they also signed. I don't like. I really don't understand how Bill O'Brien. He's has a job. Well, okay, not only does he have a job. They keep having these front office power struggles, and Bill O'Brien keeps winning. And, like, I don't know if he has, like, naked pictures of, but what's the guy? He keeps that? making the playoffs. Let's remember, let's remember their owner's also the guy who wanted to continue treating uh, uh, NFL players like indentured servants. I don't understand. Bill O'Brien makes the playoffs. Their owner is not the their biggest scoop of ice cream. 
I feel like this is a match made in heaven. It's a so guy Bob who, McNair. who is just right. enough. I think he passed to Kevin. So so I will continue speaking very, ill of him. Very well. As I did in life. <laughs> I'm consistent. Two chances to no, to rough him up. Uh, I feel like Bill O'Brien is... He's, he's samey. He's fine. He's not going to win the big game. He's going to get you to a playoff game. That, for a team like the Texans, a... A front office like the Texans is like, why Why can't we just make it? You know what we need? We need another person like a Marvin Lewis If here. you want Except Bill White. Belichick's attitude and Marvin Lewis's results, <laughs> then you want Bill O'Brien. Boom. Nailed it. That is that is my Bill O'Brien review. Nathan, what do you think of a, uh, a, of a fresh year of Deshaun Watson? Of full speed or 90% speed Deshaun Watson? Oh, no. By the end of preseason, right. he'll be injured again. So Too soon. I love Deshaun Watson and people, long time listeners podcast will know I was like the captain of the Deshaun Watson is a good NFL quarterback fan club prior to the draft. Um, and I don't see nothing has changed that for me in particular, but there are glaring holes on this team. They threw two draft picks at offensive line, but I'm not sure they were the right two picks. I like Max Sharping. Titus Howard needs a lot of development and I just want to take a shot at Julian Davenport because he's there. Uh, Julian Davenport, about as effective as a Fetty two years ago, um, which is to say you could run a tackling sled out there and it would do more than Julian Davenport. They, they still need wide receiver depth because they have three wide receivers and basically no one else. Also, their wide receiver, Vincent Smith, has the dumbest spelling of Vincent I've ever seen. The, I just want to put that out there. I mean, like they have three guys, Kuti, Fuller, and Hopkins, and everyone else is just a total question mark. They feel and like they, Fuller and Hopkins and, is all they need, and it may be right. And, yeah, Fuller would be great if he could finish a full season. He's uh, two for two in season-ending injuries. You know who my fourth favorite wide receiver on their team is? Uh, I don't know, Lamar. Johnny Miller. Dixon, the UDFA. Okay, great. <laughs> that's not that's not great. Not great. Uh, then their defense. Their defense has like four good players and seven terrible ones as their starters. And, and it's, they're getting so old. And it's like... You say J.J. Watt is on your list Jonathan, of good players. Jonathan Joseph isn't going to be good forever. It's it's going to happen. He's like 36 years old. There's no way Jonathan Joseph is going to continue to just play. Now, they have the coolest kicker name in the NFL, Kaimi Fairbairn, so I'm for that. They'll score some points, but they're going to give up some points. Romeo Cornell can't find the good defensive plays on that Denny's menu. Give me Texans at 8-8. Eight and eight. For the record, Ooh. second best kicker name because the guy out of Stanford that got drafted is named Jet Toner. Okay, well I'm gonna. That's, look that's a computer kicking. That's a fair brain. That's that's and a, he is. That's a he's a, a fake person. Machine learning made a made a kicker. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Eric, what do you think about the Texans? This um, you know I don't I really need to wax poetic on the Texans except I don't really care for their uh for their receiving game outside of DeAndre Hopkins, like you said. Uh, I feel like they're going to pull off 10-6 and six somehow. They're going to be a game worse than last year. I think that their offense is still a year away. They need a little help on the interior, and they need those tackles to have a year to develop. Let me let me interject, Kevin. If they have another same-like offseason, they'll still be a year away next year, right? That's pretty yeah. accurate. And then uh, I think on defense, they're getting older in really bad spots to get older. They're relying on a lot of guys from like the early 2010s. And Jonathan drafts. Joseph has to be awesome this year for this team to be good. Yep. And like they didn't upgrade at safety and they were 19th in passing <clears throat> DVOA on defense. I have them at seven and nine. Ooh. I think that they are this is this is they're gonna kind of bottom out this year. I'm next, somehow super hopefully high. Losing Bill O'Brien. If if 
if they can get rid of Bill O'Brien this offseason and then just get, some, de- make some, good get some defensive plays. guys, um, I think they, they could turn it around really fast. Deshaun Watson is special, so I like it from that perspective. They've got pieces on offense for sure. And Yeah, they just need wide receiver depth and a little bit of extra. All right. And a line, yeah. Um, Colts. Uh, the Col- big rebound last Colts year. Colts last year went 10-6. and six. They added Justin Houston and Devin Funches. They lost Ryan Grant, Al Woods, J.J. Wilcox. Uh, they drafted Rocky Sin, Ben Bonogu, Paris Campbell, and Bobby Okariri in the first three rounds. Uh, Seahawks connections. Uh, they ha- We have defensive tackle Al Woods, and they have wide receiver Marcus Johnson. So uh, that's the guy who came back in the um, Michael, Bennett, Michael Bennett, trade. Bennett trade. They so, also have Pierre Desir. They have Pierre Desir as well. So Colts. Kevin, start us off. What do you think about the Colts? Uh, the Colts didn't make a ton of moves, but they didn't really need to make a ton of moves. When you look at their team, they're just really solid overall. I like their draft. I think Rockison was a good pickup. Uh, ben Bonogu can add to their pass rush, and so can Justin Houston. That was a big weakness for them last year. Uh, their defensive backs in general are getting better, though they're really thin at corner, and they're relying on players who kind of had career years last year to just, you know, keep doing that. Which Just, is dangerous. Justin Houston, um, it, I don't understand how they're going to use him. He's uh, not really going like, to use him as a pass rushing four, outside three, linebacker. Four three outside linebacker. Like yeah, he's going to play. He's basically going to play the position that we are going to that we would ask like Barkevius Mingo to play. Maybe he'll be on the end every once in a while. It's a very odd usage of him i'm also not sure they're going to use him that much he might just be you know pass rush specialist and then they they use like okariri and leonard on first and second down kind yeah, of thing baba okariki um the, darius leonard have you seen his arms bro they're so long uh, okay darius leonard large man his arms are so big he's yeah. not even that tall his arms are like he's shorter than me but his arms are longer than well, my whole body his, mo- his mom was an olympic swimmer and his dad was gumby all right. Fake news. <laughs> uh, I I actually really like this team because they didn't need to do much except for add pass rushers and draft solid, and I think they did that. They brought in a they have a nice piece in Rakisin that they can develop at corner to give them much needed corner depth. Ben Bonogu can provide a little bit of extra pass rush, maybe get them those six extra sacks they needed along with Justin Houston. Get in the other six. Uh, Okariri comes in. Okariki, sorry, comes in and right away. We'll be able to play inside backer for them, do a good job. Paris Campbell in the slot is a really nice compliment to Felton and Funches. Um, and I, one thing that's weird about this for Campbell for me is, like, I don't understand. Do people not watch him play in college? Like, he's just going to run, like, gadget routes from the slot. He's, like, he reminds me of, um, who's that guy the Seahawks had that? That about from Florida? Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin. Yeah, per, Paris Campbell reminds me of Percy Harvin. Uh, I don't think that's an inaccurate description, uh, though. I do think he can run a route, which that was never None of us remembered is, Percy Harvin. He is better than Percy Harvin, probably, at wide, being a wide receiver. But, I mean, that's a nice ad for them. That kind of is a, the complimentary piece that they needed, right? Well, let's face it. He, he's not going to be less productive than Ryan Grant. No. And uh, Marlon Mack kind of came out last year and really showed that he was ready to carry the load. And they have guys that they can mix in to keep him fresh. Yep. Wilkins and Hines, I think, are both useful NFL players. Hines especially might be one of those guys. If you're in a PPR fantasy league, take a look at him. Really good pass catcher. Uh, yeah, I like I like the Colts quite a bit, actually. Uh, Eric, where are you at on the Colts? I was high on the Colts last year. I'm high on them again. The only thing that we haven't really talked about is Andrew Luck last year. He 
he just kind of like ticky tacked his way back to relevancy. And I'm but wondering. By the end of the year, the, he was yeah, putting it he, up. Though. He that was, was one thing that was weird. Is like at the beginning of the year, it seemed like eh, is his arm strength really back. And then at some point, he started. He started like, it started was literally like every week. It was like, oh, that's a 12 yard pass. Ooh. Next week, oh, that's a 15 yard pass. He had that thing out for 22 yards, and he, but he had to try to do it. Now he's doing it effortlessly. It was yeah, just he like, was Chad Pennington the crap every... out of the ball for the first three weeks of the year. I agree. It's just like, I think you know, like he five like, weeks it took him time crazy. to regain the confidence in the ability. I think you're right. But I, I think it's like when a running back's testing their knee on cuts. The thing about that, though, he's is... like, can I really throw this far or do I need a Nerf football? I think it was confidence, but I also think there was wisdom With because a whistle in it. they said, hey, we don't want you to go back to where you were. We don't want any setbacks. We don't want mental setbacks. Just air it out when you know you can air it out. And going into this year... I don't know, man. I don't. I don't think he's going to be the Andrew Luck that everyone kind of remembers him being. Even though I, I don't really know if that's a a thing he ever really was. I like Andrew Luck, and I think he's going to have a good year, a better year than last year, significantly better. Mm, up for debate. Yeah, he had for, a successful year, and I think that's good enough. Forty-six hundred yards is is about what I think. I the, the guys that get five thousand yards in one season are few and far between. Um. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Eric. I don't know if he'll ever be the 5,000-yard guy that people maybe thought he would turn into. That doesn't matter to me, though. I like the defense. I like the offense. I got the Colts 12-4. and four. I like them better than last year, but I also think they're playing a tougher schedule than last year in a lot of ways. I have them at 10-6, and six, but winning the division. 12-4, and four, Nathan. I like that. Right. I also have them at 12-4. and four. You Well, their like special teams coach is Ray Bubba Ventrone. All right. Not Jet. as good as Jim Bob Cooter. Jaguars went 5-11 and 11 last year. They added Nick Foles, Jeff Swain, and Alfred Blue. They lost Tashawn uh, Gibson Sr., Dante Monker, Blake Bortles, and actually a bunch of other dudes that I'd even listed. They had significant... Lee Jackson, Barry Church. Right. There was all, the, all the dudes. Significant attrition here for, for the Jaguars. They drafted Josh Allen, Jawan Taylor, Josh Oliver, and Quincy. Williams, Seahawks connection, the Jaguars have... Former Seahawks quarterback Terrell Pryor as a wide receiver. All right, Eric, what do you think about them Jags? Yeah, thanks for starting with me on a team everyone hates. I'll say this about the Jags. Three years ago, when they were just owning their division, that was the year for them to have Nick Foles. (laughs) Imagine imagine that team. And they did, because that's how Blake Bortles played. Yeah, maybe. Uh, You, uh, Nathan, will beg to differ because he's he's the anti Bortles. If we all are, uh, Nathan is super anti-Bortles. Uh, Nick Foles, as, as far as the starting quarterback in this league... I was first on the Bortles hate wagon. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I don't think that Foles is a good of quarterback if he's not on the Eagles. I don't really think I can quantify that. I just think it's it's a feeling I have. and The I, Rams agree. I've seen enough evidence. Um, this team is going to be super okay. At 5-11, and 11, there's really... Not too far ground they can cover with their additions. Uh, I don't really think much about this team. I don't think they're going to grow into a, like this is a rebuilding year. I think this is a year where they thought they can add a few pieces and make a shot at the playoffs. I don't. I don't see them getting close to the playoffs. They still have players I like. Their defense is still pretty talented. They have a pretty. That's that's are, a great way of saying. Why it. are they saying that Josh Allen's going to play stand up four three linebacker? Nathan will now take the next one minute to gush about 
Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell. But I mean, okay, Calais Campbell is a god, and I understand <laughs> that's why you don't have him playing sit down defensive end. No, just let him play behind Calais Campbell. Who cares? Like, are you trying to not block Taven Bryan? Is Yannick Ngakwe like that important to your defense? I will say that Allen actually can play coverage linebacker really I, well, but, but he's also a great pass rusher, and so that seems wasteful. It's such a waste. I agree. They're taking a 16-sack-a-game guy, and they're ba- that's like t- this is like a guy who takes his Ferrari, okay, and he says, I'm just going to drive it around the block at 10 miles an hour. Why? Why do you have that car? Who cares? That's what I would do Why would you spend $100,000 on a car to drive it around the block? Like, the... Get, take that thing out on the highway. Let it open up. I Jock, agree. They should be trading Yannick Ngakwe. They should be. Or they should be trading Clay Campbell to a contending team because this they, they should be trying to develop some of these young players and on defense. And they're all blocked from their right positions. And they're all really expensive. Like If they're going to play Josh Allen at stand-up linebacker, they, why did you draft Quincy Williams? Because that's basically the same guy. I, it just doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, it's frustrating. Why do you go draft Josh Oliver and then go get Jeff Schwame? Like, so you can have him back, be a backup? I just, I don't get it. It seems like a team that has good parts and bad parts, just like last year. They have no wide receivers. Their offensive line's still trash. I don't really understand how this offense really works. Their defense is good, but it has weaknesses. I don't think their safeties are great. How do you right. feel about Doug Marone? <laughs> Fine. John D. Flippo is a good offensive coordinator, and that's my great hope for this offense moving the ball and getting them to a slight improvement at and the seven. defensive coordination of Todd Wash. At seven and nine. I got him at seven and nine, Eric. I think they'll improve a little bit. Uh, I think not losing every wide receiver to injury will probably help them. Really? You think D.D. Westbrook and uh, Marquise Lee? They're gonna I think it? that's a really. Like a really decent wide receiver core. The first, I think they're both really solid guys. I think Chris Conley's functional. I think Terrell Pryor, we don't know what he is. Keelan Cole's fine. I think DJ Chark is fast and bad. Can DJ Chark make the leap? That's the real question for me. Because they don't really have a number Physically, one. Physically, yes. But as a wide receiver, no. They don't really have a number one wide receiver to me. It, no, they have like four. two number twos and like four number threes. Yeah, exactly. Which you can make a wide receiver core out of that, but you got to be really clever in the way that you use them. Um, I think that Jawan Taylor is a big upgrade on the offensive line, but I don't, don't really think that's enough. Uh, Jeff Swaim, yep, you certainly did that. Congratulations. Nick Foles gives more reliability out of the position. And like you said, I, I don't get their defensive philosophy. They're going to pay a bunch of guys tons of money and then draft people to get stuck behind them. That seems like a bad idea. So... I think there's going to be a regression to the mean that on offense, they can't just be like diarrhea tier forever. So that will lead them to seven and nine, but I just don't trust them. I even have them losing their home game in London against their, their true home crowd. Well, that's because they don't have Sir Blake Bortles to lead them to victory in the London. The Blakest of all Bortles. Uh, I also am at seven and nine. They're going to improve from last year by two Jeff whole games. Fisher's coaching the Jaguars. All right, let's get to last, but certainly not Todd least. Wash. Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans added. Uh, they got rid of Josh Klein and Quentin Spain at guard, but they brought in Roger Saffold and drafted Nate Davis to kind of replace that. They got rid of Arapko and Morgan, and, but they brought in Cameron Wake to kind of replace that. And then they have and Adam. Hum- they have Adam Humphreys, AJ Brown, and Jeffrey Simmons as their other top uh, ads and draft picks. So, can I start Titans because I kind of please love, do. I love this roster construction so much and um i just just it one all, aspect that you realized in this preview it all makes sense they 
they bring in guys. They had a one. I think they had one position they really needed to stabilize, which was wide receiver. They bring in Humphreys. They bring in Brown. I do think that that stabilizes a situation that was potentially unstable. Their offensive line. They have two guards leave, but they bring in two guards, and I think they're both upgrades. That's really good. Um, they Mariota is hopefully finally healthy, but if he's not, they actually have a legitimate backup this year uh, in Ryan Tannehill. Derrick Henry kind of made the jump at the end of last year. It looks really good, and of course. You know, I love Delaney Walker. He's my bay. And they have Deion Lewis, a really good pass catching running back. I was going to yeah. say, and and Nathan, where were you on And Johnu Smith, too. Okay, so the yeah. offense looks solid. Okay, and I think the big linchpin there is can Mariota stay healthy or is Tannehill still just terrible? Um, that is up for debate, and I think that that is a legitimate question about their offense. Defense. Okay, Drell Casey's a people mover. Jeffrey Simmons won't be there to start the season, but if that guy ever plays next to Drell Casey, if it's this year or next year, that is gross and unfair and not cool That <laughs> for every other team that they have to play against because those two guys next to each other is stupid. Then they got Harold Landry and Cameron Wake rushing the passer. I don't think that that is a big jump down from Arakko and Morgan who had, like I think, 12 combined sacks last year. I looked it up. Um, so that's good. They should be able to, to cover most of that. Um, then their secondary is still awesome. Vicario, Ryan, Butler, Dory Jackson. This is still a really good secondary. And they bring in a Monty Hooker to develop as a safety. I think that's a really smart move. Um, gives them depth and some kind of longevity there. Looks like a super solid defense to me. The kickers and punters are good. Vrabel seems like he's figuring out what to do and how he wants his team to be run. I like the Titans this year. Tell me why I'm wrong, guys. I'm ready. You like the Titans every year. I, but... <laughs> But and I mean, you're not really wrong. They were 9-7 I mean, last year. They I will say the, the Titans are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of the AFC. Like, good roster construction seems like the team should be good, but then they're just not. They just don't quite... It just doesn't quite happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. I do think the roster construction is really solid. I like a lot of the moves they made. Like, So they picked up uh, a young guard, and then they picked up a veteran, Roger Saffold, who can be a stopgap until they get the next guard. That's a smart move. They've got Cameron Wake in there. So until they can develop the next pass rusher, which is probably uh, Landry coming along a little bit more, uh, Wake's in there to make sure that the pass rush has like a solid floor. Same with uh, uh, Correa. Ryan Tannehill, it was a luxury move, but it was a good one. It makes sure that your team doesn't fall apart. I do like A.J. Brown, though now their best two wide receivers are probably slot receivers. But I guess Humphrey plays on the outside, though. There's a lot to like. I don't think that they're wowing me anywhere. Like, their offense is still kind of vanilla. Um, Their defense is really interesting. They're like a team that's going to have probably a top 15 offense, a top 15 defense, and like a top 10 special teams and be nine and seven and get a wild card spot. Landry did have 34 pressures from 355 passing snaps last year. I mean, he was relatively productive as a pass rusher and pretty decent in coverage. Right. Um, not a good run defender. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, he's he struggled, he struggled in that regard. But if you want a guy to just, you know, rush the passer and get some sacks i think he could make the jump that year this year in that regard i don't like their depth in defense and i'll just go to what we say every single season how's marcus Mariota going to play meaning yeah, is he going to play totally most of the season right. and i've never seen him play a full season is ryan Tannehill that much worse than marcus Mariota? is, is ryan Tannehill decent i don't know if he's decent Nathan, you said they have a they have a decent backup. I don't know if that's true. And Kevin, and you, you said is he better? Starter. Is he better if, than Marcus Mariota? I don't know, man. Marcus Mariota can win games. 
Is he better? I can't tell you. I really like what you said about the team having a good roster construction, Nathan. And Kevin, when you said, I feel like this team doesn't have anything to wow me, I think there are decent teams and solid teams. And like this is a solid plus team. They're not excellent. They're not world beaters. They're solid to like solid a plus. B. Yes, a solid B, Kevin. Not 80%. No, 80, like a nice 84. 84. Thank yeah. you, Kevin. Thank you. That's a teacher speaking. And a guy who got one B speaking to the teacher. <laughs> I'll give you my record first. I have this team getting the second playoff spot in this division, beating out the Texans, but with the same record at 10-6. and six. Yeah, I also have them at 10-6 and six this year, I'm not, which is a one-game improvement. And I think they clearly are the net, like a wild-card team. They're solidly a wild-card team. Um. So yeah, that's where I'm at on them. All right. Any uh, final? Kevin? I'd Any? already said before you that I they said hear... they were nine and seven. And he said nine and seven. Well, that's how you. That's how you. That's I how you started it. I didn't. So we all. We all. Sir. So we we all think Titans are are like a a, a, fringe, a fringe wild card team. team. They're yeah. either in. We all have them in, but they we also agree they could could be slightly out. Maybe the Texans jump them. At I'm some the point. crazy. I'm the crazy okay. person who likes. If you the are Texans. if you're an NFL head coach. Which roster and you and you open jobs? Titans or Texans? Both coaches get fired this offseason. With Titans, I, for me, it's no contest. Titans. Texans is the only reason I might take the Texans job is because Deshaun Watson. Yes, yeah. that's why. Absolutely, and that's the most important position. But I think the Titans are better almost everywhere else. Also, you can run JJ Watt out there for another twenty years and sell tickets. Plus, if they suck this year and their coach gets fired, then you're going to have a top pick to pick. Uh, Tui Tagliavoa anyway. So. Or uh, Lawrence <laughs> in two years. Right, sure. Or you could pick Justin Herbert and have a six foot seven failure. Okay, so <laughs> come at me, Oregon I, fans. I cannot wait for this uh, draft discussion next year. It's oh, going to be great. Herbert. Oh, I forgot to, I do, look my, forward to, Kevin, I forgot to, to do our Titans connection. Also, it's pronounced Air Bear. Kevin, I forgot to do our Titans connection to the Seahawks. Uh, the oh, Seahawks God. have three former Titans on their current roster. No, they don't. Elijah Nikansa, uh, yeah, current roster Callan Reed, and Jeremy Boykins. What percent chance would you guys give of these three former Titans making the final 53 man roster, any one of them? Uh, I give it the same odds as Marcus Mariota playing the whole season. Oof. Yikes. The uh, Jeremy Boykins to my Kaylin Reed, uh, Kevin Garber, and the Elijah Nansa, Eric Ronwick. <laughs> Sorry, that's my take. So you definitely handicapped the race. <laughs> uh, okay, I I think that's basically zero. Inconsa has the best chance. How about that? <laughs> I've done it. I've done it. Eric backdooring himself into the into the leaderboard by accident. All right, um, Seahawks. Best man fans. Man. Thank you for supporting the Seahawks podcast. There are many ways for you to do so. The first way is to head over to patreoncom Nest. Head over there with the 29 other Patreons and give us your uh, full support. They they have You guys have helped us so much. It encourages us to keep posting. It helps us to buy an air conditioning unit for this hot, super hot room for the summer. It's not hot right this super second, hot. but it gets so hot in the summer. You give us the confidence to say no to people when the time is right. All right. Thanks, Forrest, James, Chuck Attila, Tom, Lucas, Carrie, Bob, Kieran, Brett, Mike, David, Flocktimus Prime, Frank, and Michelle, and Brian. You guys all rock, and uh, we really appreciate everything you guys are doing to help us out. Also, iTunes reviews. Guys, we got another one. So we are now only 10 away from our from our goal number. Live in the dream. Okay, we're at 59. And uh, Phil says, come for the football. Stay for the movie club. 
So, let's get right to it. Phil. Glad you're staying for this movie club. Staying for the movie club. This is going to be a big one. Okay, this is, I've been waiting for this. So, we've talked a lot on the podcast about, you know, we've played some games in the past. We do the Eliminator. And I was like, let's do a game. Let's get some fan interaction going. We're going to do a movie draft. And the way the movie draft's going to work, we are all going to draft three movies from a, cate- a broad category. And the fans are going to vote who drafted the best set. Usually, I'm going to try to relate this back to some movie that's coming out this week. So, in honor of Toy Story 4 hitting a theater near you this Thursday night, Friday, we're going to draft Pixar movies. Are you boys ready? Born ready. Okay. Kevin says he's born ready. Our goal is to draft the slate that we think the Seahawks Nest fans will think is the best. Okay? I draft for me. Kevin drafts for himself. He thinks he's in. I'm a man of the fans. Kevin thinks he's a man of the people. I'm going to draft my favorites as well. So I have the first pick. I drew the I drew the, 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 the fat straw, the best straw. With my first pick. He drew the best straw. He's... <laughs> Kevin knows. See, if I was pandering, if I was like a weak panderer, you know, someone with less morals, maybe a lower moral fiber, I might take like the popular choice. I might go, hey, I'm going to pick Toy Story. I'm going to pick Finding Nemo. I'm going to pick The Incredibles. But no, I have integrity. Okay? I have integrity. I have morals. I'm going to pick my favorite Pixar movie, and my favorite Pixar movie is Coco, okay? So I pick Coco with the first pick, and I'm going to tell you three things I like about Coco, okay? You ready? One, it made me cry, which is true of the other Pixar movies, but this one was the one that made me cry the most, okay? Two, it has really cool music and really good use of color, and three, this is the most Mexican movie that I've watched in a long time. Like, I just love how much it, like, I feel like it's in touch with both, like, it touches on a cultural touchstone that I think is really cool, and I see my students get excited um, about it, and that is really cool to me. So, that's why I love Coco. Coco is an awesome movie. All right, second pick. Eric, you're up. Nathan, I was uh, really close to picking the popular favorite, but I, too, have integrity. Oh, Uh, um, Eric also has morals. Yeah, but... It's. I feel like it's gonna be kind of unpopular. It's the. It's the movie that loves to make you sad, and then happy, and then kind of sad again. We're going with Up. Now, what do you love about Up, Eric? What, uh, what makes it want to take it so high? It is a movie that I. If you told me about it on paper, not the. Uh, not the quick like synopsis. Uh, the. The sectagenarian, the seventy year, seventy plus year old man, as a hero. I'm not interested in that. A Boy Scout that is trapped in this floating house, uh, who just happens to knock on the door at the wrong time, not interested in that. But it's the sense of adventure. It is the ridiculousness of a house being uprooted with a million uh, helium balloons or however many helium balloons. It is uh, sticking it to the man when they are trying to get it's a, a very goony scheme. Kick, people's yes, it, uh, to kick the old man off of his own property. Uh, I love that. Going to a faraway land. Uh, it's a it's a movie about love and adventure. And I guess if he had to sum me up, uh, maybe put a little anger in there somewhere, uh, <laughs> that would be me. And that's why I love Up. All right. So I am blessed with uh, back-to-back picks here. So thinking about it. So since Coco was picked, when I make my top three Oh, there's a handful of movies that are vying for this position. Now don't blow it and pick a bug's life. Uh, I'm going to go with my favorite Pixar movie. Again, not necessarily the one everyone thinks it is. 
but I'm going to go with Ratatouille here. I love this movie. I think that... I honestly thought this was one that Nathan was going to pick first. My, and so I my, thought I'd get to pick Coco. It's my number two. Uh, so because I couldn't pick I, I Coco, agree. I have to pick Ratatouille. Uh, Ratatouille, as Nathan is always quick to point out, the message of the movie is a beautiful message. Any, anyone can cook. And Pat Oswald is so good. I also... Uh, a subtle piece that I really enjoy is at the end of the movie... It's about, instead of reaching for fame and prestige, it's finding a quiet, simple existence where happiness can exist for you. And they all find that. It gets a subtly, wonderfully happy ending. Uh, Spoilers on a 10-year-old movie. And the other half of the turn that I'm going to pick is, and this is a fan favorite, but it's the other one that always gets 5 out of 5 because it's so well put together. It is the best Fantastic Four movie ever to come out. And that is The Incredibles. All right. Okay. Uh, Incredibles um, is a good movie. It is a I, very good movie. It doesn't it doesn't hit Kev, my heart the same way. Kevin, uh, but doing, it's, it's a great Kevin movie. doing something interesting. Picking both Brad Bird directed Pixar films back to back. Just think, just throwing <laughs> that out there. Those are the Brad yeah, Bird ones. Very good. Uh, next, with his last pick, he will take the Iron Giant and try to convince us that Pixar actually made it. <laughs> Eric, you are you are up. Um, okay, so well, since you since you took, I knew you were going to take Ratatouille in there. I did not. I guess I kind of figured you'd take Incredibles to also. Incredibles. I'll say uh, Les Incredibles. Incredibles. I'm going to go ahead and pick Toy Story. It's tough to pick one, and I don't mean just one. I mean Toy Story one, because Toy Story two was a decent sequel, but I think over time it kind of bugs me. Toy Story 3, I thought, was an excellent end to the series. Toy Story 3 punches me right in the feels. Surprise! They come out with Toy Story 4, and I feel that's why I'm picking Toy Story 1. It's still a great movie. When I first saw it, it really uh, it was highly entertaining. It had some good messages. Also, you guys know how I feel about toys. Um, Toy Story, it just has to do be you, it. Do you like toys? I do. And don't make some <laughs> sex toy joke, because that's not the case. No, no. That's that's also horrifying in this context. Thank you. All right. You guys, left, that movie. you guys left me right where I wanted to be. There were two movies I wanted to take with these picks, and I'm going to get both of them. Sorry, Kevin. So my first movie uh, I w- is like one that I think is is um, super fun, super good. Um, I love the the like just the whole the whole thing. Monsters Inc. is my first one. That's a fun movie, and I just think that's like I was a really so close on that excellent too. fun movie that I just really enjoy. We're only picking nine Pixar movies. These are all going to be great. And my next one is Inside Out. Dang it! I which, was really hoping which that I think would last is like to the end. which I think is like sneaky underrated. Um, it's the, so clever. The movie is really good. Um, it's super fun to watch. I watched it in my classroom today. And uh, with the kids, and for like we had our field day, but we had to do inside stuff because it was raining, and I just really had a good time. Uh, inside Out, much, much, much appreciated. Very fun movie. Um, all right, Eric, your last pick. Brave. Was it my last pick? Yeah. Oh, Are you gonna be the first one of us to pick a sequel? I don't want to. I really don't. Man. Urgh. There's one non. I think there's one really good non sequel just kind of hanging out. I'm not. I'm not picking Cars. Get out of here. No, I'm not. You <laughs> thought I was talking about Cars? Wait a no, second. I know. Wait a second. I'm I'm just just to, I just want to. I just want to make fun of Cars. If one of us picked a Cars movie and then that person was the one who won the vote, we've been cultivating we, the wrong yeah. audience. This no. This we would shut this segment down forever. Like there's no way. Uh, can I just talk about how stupid Cars is for a second? Wait, do that at the end. No, let's do it now. All right. I'm ready for it. I'm ready for a rant. Okay, Cars. First of all, who's building all the cars? Second of all. Okay, watch the 
watch the that's a great question second of all watch the special features there's a part in cars one where they have to take out a map God, and in, so in the movie you you in the, in the special features they're talking about and you should google this because it, it's called like pixar stories or something and it's like um, the guy's talking about like, well, how does the how does the car take out his map? Does he grab it out of his pocket with the antenna? Does he does he use his tire to hold it? How does the how does a pick how does the and then and then at the end the guy's like, wait, they're talking cars. Who cares? He just takes out the map, and I'm like, why did why did cars even need a map? This is so stupid. It, the whole thing is stupid. The whole thing is so dumb. Talking cars, <laughs> it's so corny, and the cars have really creepy eyes, and I don't like it. It's definitely made for like five year olds. Yeah, and that's fine. There's a target audience. It's a five year old boy and his dad, and his dad's just got to tolerate it. In the it. Midwest, he's got to tolerate it. He doesn't have to like it. Okay, sorry. Right. Off track. Um, so speaking of five year olds, am I picking the movie that is made for young kids or the movie that? really is not going to garner me any there's, popular votes there's two really good i think good solid original movies not not sequels i'm going okay. i'm going with the less popular movie that is going to kill my chances of winning this thing all right i'm picking wally wally all right that's one of them here's that my problem here's my only problem with wally it becomes a different movie once wally gets to space hey well and that's okay but it's the part of the movie I don't like watching over and over again. It when is they're on two Earth, separate movies for sure. Yeah, and when they're on Earth, I love those scenes at the beginning and the end. But I do love our hero Wally, our protagonist. And again, the way he interacts with the people is fun, though. Yeah. Hey, and good friend of podcast Austin Lee won a, a awards for rigging character rigging Wally. So that's true. So that's, so that's pretty yeah. cool. We're like one degree of separation away from uh, Wally's character. Rigging. Also, you know, uh, Wally doesn't really speak. I mean, he makes sounds, but he doesn't really speak. Yeah, the way he interacts yeah. with the people is actually, like, one of my favorite parts of the movie. The way that they've managed to capture, like, a, a really non-human, a non-verbal character and him communicating with people and working with the people and stuff was, I think, really, like, a really big achievement. The first 30 really minutes cool. of that movie and having there be no real dialogue, that's a testament to how great this movie is. Um, also, don't sleep on the soundtrack. Peter Gabriel. Uh what is it? Earth Come Down. It's a great song. Wally for the for the third place finish. Kevin. Uh, this is a difficult choice for me. I really was hoping the Inside Out would stick around just because that's a movie that I greatly enjoy and I it does tend to slip in under the radar. So Nathan taking that one puts me in a spot where I have to choose between Finding Nemo and Toy Story 3. By, I feel by, like those are the two legitimate choices to By make the way, here. Kevin, I pulled a U by picking both Pete Doctor directed yes. movies in a row. Although and, he did, he also did Up in it. But, yeah. Yep. So, between Toy Story 3 and Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo is a movie that I enjoy, but the rewatchability isn't really there for me as much. Um, that movie didn't hit me the way it did for a lot of other people. So I'm going to pick Toy Story 3. Toy Story 3 is very good throughout. The plot about the uh, evil bear and the, uh, you know, bringing in the new toys and making them sacrificial. It, the whole thing's kind of nuts. Who is the voice of the very bear? Enjoyable. I just forgot. Damn it. I'm not Sorry. mentally ready to pull that out. I'll figure it out. The, and then the ending. The voice of the evil bear in Toy Story 3? Yep. Yeah. Um, what was his name? Lotso? Is Ned yeah, Beatty? Lotso. Isn't it Ned oh. Beatty? Ned yeah. Beatty? Yeah, that's yeah. it. Okay. Wow. Um, I had no idea. I thought it was Star Power. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Toy Story 3 and the ending. 
the ending just absolutely like hits you when he figures out that he's going to give them away to the neighbor girl and she's playing with them and there's that connection that they have and he's really like passing down the play in the front the, yard but also going off to college is beautiful scene. the gags in that movie are also really satisfying they are um, like michael keaton as ken and then not only Michael Keaton as Tearing Ken, the which is so great, part. but when but <laughs> everything they do with Ken is so funny. They they just don't understand clothes and accessories. Like he's just obsessed with the clothes. That's from the 1963 line. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, it's so 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 oh, good. Oh, Mr. Potato um, Head has to find random things to put his face on because uh, what are you looking at, you hockey puck? All right, what's when you the... think that they're all gonna die in the garbage incinerator? Okay, guys, what's the best Pixar movie that we did not pick? Probably you, Fighting Nemo. Fighting that Nemo. or um, maybe Incredibles 2 I thought was also really enjoyable. Incredibles 2 and Toy Story 2 are both about the same for me. Um, what about really a Bugs solid? Life, guys? That's fine. I don't... I don't yeah, know. I, I think, think it's bad. Bugs Life gets like no dap. Like people just don't even think about it I anymore. I think it's the first movie that didn't have any star power, but also it's not a new story. That that story's been told... It's like a you know an ancient myth. That's It's just... It's fine. No one wants to go for Brave or Good Dinosaur or anything like that. I think both those movies are not good, but I prefer Brave way more than The Good Dinosaur. Uh, Why is the human and the dinosaurs talking? I kind of thought Monster University was fun, but not like great. I agree, which is why it wasn't there for me. Uh, Then there's a bunch of Cars movies. We already addressed that. Uh, I'm really, really interested in the upcoming one. So March of 2020, there's Onward, which is an original concept. And I love when Pixar does original films. All right. So, for... And it's got Tom oh. Holland, Chris Pat, Pratt, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, uh, Octavia Spencer. So there's some really interesting star power behind it. And it's got a fantasy setup. It's basically bright, done by Pixar, which means it'll be a billion times better. Well, I mean, it's, also the-, the, it's also the director of Monsters University. So, bare minimum, the movie will be fun. And yep. a theme done by Randy Newman. Two teenage elf brothers embark on a quest to discover if there's still magic in the I, world. You know what I like about the Monsters Inc. and Monsters University movies is, like, John, Good- John Goodman and Billy Crystal as, like, the two leads is such a great, like, banter pairing. Yes. You know, like, those two guys are just... They're just really good guy actors that we don't get to see enough, I don't think. Goodman has been acting a lot lately, but for a while I felt like he was kind of out of the public eye. And Billy Crystal, he doesn't hard, doesn't seem like he hardly does anything John anymore. Goodman makes everything better. And those guys are both just awesome. And it's really cool to see them kind of play off each other and, and talk all the time and banter a little bit. Well, and and all those the movies are really parts. fun. And the, always watching yeah. these totally unnecessary bit parts that just make the movie way better. Yeah, I hope Scanlan gets that kind of like fun funness into into onward because I agree in that fantastical setting it could be really really good. Yes. Um, all right. Anything else you guys want to talk Pixar before we head off to the uh, the races here? Just that I know when school is out, I'll be taking the family to go see Toy Story four because why wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I enjoy good movies. I'm and going family. to. Putting Key and Peele in that movie is like Gold. a 10 out of 10 thing that you can do uh, that makes me want to... It's something took something that... Let's be honest. Toy Story 3, when it ended, I did not think we needed Toy Story 4. Just didn't seem necessary. Seemed kind of unnecessary. Now, uh, Toy Story Toy Story 4, I mean, you, you got to get you gotta give me a hook, right? You got to do it. Well, two things they did. Okay, one... They Kim Peel are in it. Two, Ricky Henderson's in this movie. So I mean I gotta see it now. Three crazy sport guy. Wow, is he uh 
is he is he referring to himself as Ricky? Well, I mean, he plays he's a, better. He, he plays a Ricky Henderson bobblehead, so I'm really, <laughs> I'm really excited. That about is the this. only role that I would ever want him to play. So, uh, yeah. All right. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know anything else to say. No, nope, we're ready? good. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, vote. Uh, Nathan's going to put it up on Twitter. Yeah, I'll put it up before. I'll put it up before I even upload the podcast. All right, he's going to put it up on Twitter. Vote for your favorite <laughs> film combo. Slate. There is. Uh, there's not a wrong answer in the bunch except Eric's. All right. How dare you? For Eric. <laughs> for Eric. For Kevin. For myself, Nathan Santa. We will see you guys next week. Go Hawks. Good time.